I was sitting on a plane listening to this dateline like five months ago, and I was like, we, ha- we have to do this. We absolutely have to do this episode. Yeah. How do you feel now after revisiting <laughs> it? Do you feel the same? I or has the bloom feel- fell off that rose? <laughs> I just want to hear every... I'm not going to speak in this episode. I want to hear everything you have to say. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's get to it then. Hey, you know what else? What? A Jillian <laughs> Benzavale. A Patrick Hines. You really leaned, uh-huh. I like that. You uh, leaned into it. I'm trying to find a, a new way to mix oh, okay. it up. Um, hi, girl. Hey, girl. Oh, my goodness. Hey, fam. Join us over on the page. Look, we're getting close to January. In January, we had a meeting yesterday with the drag queen that we're hiring <gasps> for drag bingo that we're going to start doing on the page. Okay. I'm so excited. Um, We also hired this, like, super sassy mixologist who's going to come to my house fun. and do a live streaming cocktail class. It's just new added fun stuff we're doing over there on the page. I'm really still hanging on to the bingo. I love I know. bingo. But there's never a place for me to play it ever? Well, and this queen performs too. So she does like not just bingo, but she does like drag performances in between. It's going to be wild. I am so in. The Pates is also where you can go and find over 450 free full ad-free bonus apps if oh, you want right, those. those old things. What are we doing right now? Oh, we're doing we, the Ken and Barbie Killers. Ken and Barbie Killers. Right after that, we're doing the 12th Victim. Oh, I don't know what that is. It is wild. Really? It is absolutely wild. It's from a case from the 50s, but like there are people today. It's very Let the Women Do the Work. Oh, shit. It's, it's like, it's major. Amazing. All right, well, Patreon com slash true crime obsessed fam or you can just go to patreon and search for true crime obsessed yeah oh and you can also get it on spotify if you want to listen to the pates on that's spotify right. that's like a fairly newish thing the last six months or so it's fairly new and you can just go to spotify and search tco patreon feed thanks spotify that's it. what are we talking about today okay oh so this is my this is my pick it was your pick so this is our 10th and final bonus ep of the season <gasps> oh my goodness as you know in the yes. last you know 10 weeks of the year yeah. we give you some bonus eps this happens to be the last one it is an episode of dateline called Dead Man Talking. Scotland is rich with medieval castles, haunting landscapes, and a present-day mystery that has captured the world's attention. The story is stranger than fiction. This could be a movie. This will be a movie, and it's not over yet. At the center is this man. Who is he? Well, law enforcement, international media, and Dateline have spent months trying to find out. He had us all fooled. Authorities say he's a wanted American fugitive named Nicholas Rossi. He insists he's an innocent Englishman named Arthur Knight, wrongly swept up in an international dragnet. It's very important that our story is heard. It's the same guy. I don't believe it's the same man. Andrea, I am not Nicholas. Well, you be the judge. So we're okay. starting in Rhode Island where we're getting... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Sorry, take it away, GP. We open with Andrea Cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, had, who never in a million years thought she'd have an experience like this. <laughs> she is flabbergasted, bamboozled yeah, from yeah, beginning yeah. to end. 100%. And she, and she also gets mad. Like, towards the end, she, she gets mad. And that one part in the middle. <laughs> yes. Like, I know. Her, the look on her face is... Yeah. Confusion. I know. Terror. She gets to go to Scotland. Mystical, magical Scotland. I know. <laughs> which I love, but like me they too. make it seem very. They're like, oh, the magic and mysticism of Scotland. I I'm know. Like, I'm in. Sign me up. It all the time. Let's go. Well, we start in Rhode Island, where we're getting the backstory of this piece of shit. His name is Nicholas Alaverdian. or whatever. Is that how you say He's also an innocent British guy named Arthur Knight. His I name know. is Nick Rossi. He's a piece of shit through and he through. really and he's committed to being a piece of shit. Like committed. Really committed. Doubling down. And, you know, we meet Michael, his uncle, and it's like the only person in this documentary who's here to say anything nice about him. He was like, well, when he was a little kid, he was pretty all right. <laughs> He's like, he was happy. He laughed all the time. He had a <laughs> smile on his face. That ended pretty quick. I was going to say, and then we realized that's bullshit, too. I was, yes, totally. So, Michael, are you on my list now, too? What's the deal? They say, though, like, I will say this guy had a pretty fucked up childhood. Yeah. And, like, he was probably a monster anyway. Who knows? But, like, that those formative years really make a difference in this stuff. Yeah. And we learned that Nicholas's father was a felon convicted of writing fraudulent checks, dealing drugs, and domestic assault. The situation at home in Cranston, a suburb of Providence, became so dangerous, Michael says Nicholas's mother got a restraining order and went into hiding with Nicholas and his younger brother and sister. The couple eventually divorced. 
He was a domestic abuser. He, like, beat his wife. Yeah, and so the bad guy's mother took Nicholas, this guy, and his sister into hiding. Like, it was really, really bad. I mean, to go into hiding, like, that's really scary. They, they eventually get divorced. and But then we learned that by the time Nicholas was 12, his mother was could no longer care for him. And yeah. he's, like, put into the foster care system. And we don't we don't hear why. All we're heard, all we know is, quote, she is unable to care for him. Yes. I, I, well, I think what we're going to learn later, it's like, it's not her, it's him. Yeah. It's not that she was unable, because he has a sibling who did not go into the foster care system. No. He was a fucking hellraiser. And he's very smartly staying out of this whole thing. <laughs> we never meet that sibling. We're, we're never meeting no. them. Good. <laughs> that That's right. You stay out of you it. You stay out of it. Yep, Good thing. Far, far away. Yep. So when Nicholas was in foster care, he has these stories that he ends up telling people that he was like, assaulted and raped and abused on an yeah. almost daily basis in these group homes and foster homes. And his his life as a, as a young teen was like just abysmal. Miserable. Yeah. So we meet journalist Tom and he wrote a lot about the case. He was also hired as a consultant for Dateline. Yes. <laughs> but he tells us that like around this time, like when Nick was like 14, a judge tried to give Nicholas a big opportunity. He arranges for him to get a job at the state house as a page. Mm-hmm. And like those are, if you don't know what a page is, think like Kenneth from 30 Rock. Yeah. They do, like, the clerical work and, like, the tours and stuff like that. But at 14, for a kid to be a page at the State House in Rhode Island, kind of a big deal. And Nick thrived. Yeah, we meet Brian Coogan, who's a former state rep. (sighs) Brian Coogan's going to have some shit to say later, too. What a roller coaster (laughs) this guy has. I know. I know. So he's like, look. Former state representative Brian Coogan says the teenager impressed everyone with a tireless work ethic and a brilliant mind. He would read bills that most reps and senators wouldn't read. He'd read it from front to back, learn the laws, know the laws. So he was like a lawyer by trade. Nicholas spent long days at the State House wowing legislators before returning home to his other life. Everyone was like, whoa, who's like cool guy whoa. Nick? Everyone was real <laughs> impressed by Nick. He was like a superstar. Yeah. And it's like, where does that guy go? Where do, When does that get turned into being like an evil fucking Well, because bastard? he's been manipulating them from the beginning. Right, He yes. was never that guy. Yes. You see how I fall for it so quickly? Like, I'm like, he was so good though, Jillian. Girl. He was such a good girl. guy. <laughs> We, we watched the same nice. episode to the end, right? I know, but I, I, I do just want to see the good. I just want to see I the good. I know, but you be know? careful with that. I, I know. <laughs> I love it, too. Yeah. But you got to be careful. Yeah, I agree. So, like, Nick works at the State House from 14 to 19. At 19, he ages out of the system and he goes to college. And then we learn that five years later, he's back at the State House fighting and advocating to change, like, the policies and the way the foster care system is run. And, you know, having been a foster parent, I can say, like, these systems do fucking need to be overhauled. Yeah, and this kid who has all these stories of abuse, like, yeah. he wants to overhaul it and fix it and help kids get the help that he didn't have or make sure these things don't even happen in the first place. Yeah, People saw him as, quote, a young shining star on the hill. I mean, he was a rock star to these people. Nick would have his rallies here and ask people to support him, come yeah. down. And he'd get quite the audience here of people he would, listening. He would get quite the audience, right? And Nick was a promoter. He knew how to, you know, get his message out. He does get a lot of media attention for this and sympathy from lawmakers. So, like, not only is he, like, making a public persona for himself, but, like, with the the most powerful people in the state, he's he's got a lot of love Well, how could you not root for this guy? 100%. I was rooting for him one second ago. <laughs> I know. You, not as much. Well, I also watched it. <laughs> you know what happened. I watched it. <laughs> so, yeah, people are very moved and inspired by him. And he had, like, powerful people sponsoring his bills. He was, like, really captivating. And then suddenly... Yeah. He's, like, riding high, having the best day ever. Yeah. But then suddenly, out of nowhere, Nicholas calls the press with some bad news. Yeah. He's calling the media to let them know that he has a terminal illness. He's been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, of course, the first thing you do is call the press. Yeah, of course. (laughs) When something like that happens. Well, I mean, that's probably what I would do. Well, pull it back. (laughs) That's why you have me, girl. Julian, I have a press release for my terminal illness. Oh, I'd be like, can we, Steve, can we not? I know, Natalie. Like, can we not with this? Natalie, just tell him you sent it. Just tell him just you sent like, it. Yeah, please. <laughs> what? Because it's, it's, you're going to waffle between like, I need everyone to know. And then like, where, mom, is that you? Who is that? It's cold. It's quite cold. Grandma? Grandma? Am oh I the only one who can see her? She looks so beautiful. <laughs> it is the Garden of Eden. <laughs> it's... I'm coming, Grandma. Oh, it's so cold. <laughs> It's so dark. <laughs> Daisy, get Daisy. <laughs> Daisy, my my little one. Whatever. Oh, my god. And goodness. then also, like, did you get the press release? Don't, don't. Opening one eye. <laughs> Pull the blanket down. Did you got the press release? Okay, great. I just want to be on the cover of The Advocate just it's, once. Although that'll happen. Okay. But you don't have to die for it to happen. <laughs> 
Um, also, that's almost a little bit of a reenactment of what this guy actually claims. I mean, that's really true. So. Because then... Because then he's dead. He dies at the age of 32. Or does he? I mean, he de- the reason we're being silly is because none of this is none real. Of but this is everyone believes that he's dead. So, because Nicholas's press office released an obituary <laughs> and a statement of his passing, and his final words were... <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Everyone clutch your pearls, get to the nearest fainting couch. According to the obit, Nicholas's final words on his deathbed were, Fear not and run toward the bliss of the sun as he listened to the music from the 1997 film Contact. Fear not and run toward the bliss of the sun. As he listened to music from the 1997 film Contact. To which I could just go, okay. I know. Now, of course I Googled the, the end credits of the movie Contact. Oh, yeah? It's very Alan Silvestri, and I say that as a compliment. I don't know what that means. You want to hear it? Yeah. I have a link to it. your deathbed and saying my love I, I need the end credits from contact please as you're saying fear not and run towards the bliss of the sun like this just never fucking happened no it absolutely didn't happen so now his his poor grieving widow Louise I know. wants to have a memorial for him so she calls Father Bernard Healy from Our Lady of Mercy Catholic Church and he's like alright Louise had a lot of requests first of all this guy's like a fucking saint according to his biography literally well she sends his like bio and the priest says you would think it was a cross between Mother Teresa and Nelson Mandela now look before you come for us yeah. I know Mother Teresa's problematic, but you know what he's trying to say. Yeah, yeah, you know what he's saying, yes, right? Yes, yes. And Louise also had a lot of requests. Yeah, four she, or five elected officials to speak. Like high-profile speakers, at full orchestra, music She wanted acts. an actual... I thought like she, they just wanted him to play it over the PA. No, no like no, an no. actual fucking symphony. And the, the priest is like, who's going to pay for that? Like, like, literally. The thing is, it doesn't matter because the cops call the priest and put an end to this memorial mass right. because they're like... <laughs> what happened next was almost biblical. Shortly afterwards, I got a call from the state police. We'd ask you not to have the mass because Nicholas is not dead. Oh, wow. It wasn't that he'd risen from the dead. They said, well, we believe he's faked his own death, that he's in Europe. Oh, my gosh. So let's put a cool pause on the memorial mass. That music is so good. I know, I know. That's Jurassic Park, everyone. Totally. If you can't name the Jurassic Park tune in three notes, then what are we doing here? You go know, watch it again. Sometimes you can go to Radio City and you can watch Jurassic Park with the New York Philharmonic playing the soundtrack. They do that with um, the Lord of the Rings. Oh, is too. that right? They do it. They do that with a lot of movies. It's, it's pretty a awesome. good time for nerds. I think it's they a do great it with Tim Burton to movies too, oh, like yeah. Beetlejuice. Oh God. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba. Of course, Are you, you know the entire soundtrack to Beetlejuice. Like that music when that when Beetle first when Beetle first when Beetlejuice first starts, that music is fucking perfect. Yeah, that, yeah, I agree it's with so you. Good. The question is like, why would he fake his own death? And now we get more of his backstory. And poor Andrea Canning is immediately like, wait, what? I know. Well, we meet David Rossi, Nicholas's adopted father, who don't let him fool you. Sounds awesome until he doesn't. Well, he's also an Engelbert Humperdinck impersonator. <laughs> That's how he met Nicholas's mother. He was before she was a waitress, and he. He was a, an, an Engelbert Humperdinck, which is it sounds like a word you shouldn't be able to say. But it, it, he was like a like a big ballad guy in is like the sixties and seventies. So like this guy, the stepdad, not only impersonates him, but also sometimes hangs out with the Humperdinck. I mean, they're friends. They got pictures together. Engelbert. Engelbert. What do you call him? Ang- I, uh, Ang- Engelbert. Maybe Humperdinck. Bert. I will call him Humper. Right. You know what I mean? Obviously. If you it were would. up to me, I'd call him Humper. Obviously. <laughs> no. Hey, Humps. Humperdink. I didn't cute. even know her dink. Right? There you go. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how it just happens. <laughs> it just appears. Humperdink. Humperdink. I don't even know her dink. Or like Engelbert, or I hardly <laughs> know her. Does that work too? Poor Engelbert Humperdinck didn't ask for a name uh, no, like no, that. No, no, no. Unless it's a stage name. Unless his name is Tom Smith, then jokes on me. But Engelbert Humperdinck. So now David, the adoptive father, tells a very different story of Nick's childhood. Yes, I mean he says right away you could tell that Nick was very smart. He had a really high IQ, a math whiz, a computer whiz. It sounds like Nick kind of invented doxing. Yes, because even as a kid, like before the internet was a thing, yep. his big threat was like, "I'll get on the computer and ruin your lives." I and know. I was like, oh fuck. I know. I, but he was also very physically violent. David David remembers one morning before school when Nicholas wouldn't stop hitting his mother. He was swinging at her, swinging at me. I picked him up, put him on the bus in his underwear. The bus drove away. The school called us. But you know, you're at a point where you don't know what to do with this kid. He ruined every Thanksgiving. 
every Christmas, every birthday for him and his siblings. He was wicked. He was a devil spawn. He really was. When we learned earlier that the mother couldn't care for him, it's not because she was incapable of it. It's because he was, there was something really wrong with him. Now, this is where David tells us one of two really horrifying decisions that he's made. (laughs) So Nick is just being a nightmare. And so David tells a story about how he put Nick on the bus in his underwear as punishment. He was beating his mother. And so the stepdad picked him up and he was in his underwear and he made him go to school in his underwear on the bus. And so the school called home and they were like, hi. Hi, this is child abuse. Andrea Cannon can't, but she's appalled. I know. And the dad's like, look, Andrea, I know, but I was at the end of my rope. Anyway, Uh, moving on. (laughs) So he's like, he was wicked. He's the devil's spawn. He ruined every single day and he was especially bad on holidays. And the first thing I thought of I was like, that's such a narcissist MO. Oh, like yeah. ruining, like if you have a big event, oh, they'll try yeah. to ruin the big event. Yeah. Or if you're going out on like a nice dinner or so, like they'll make whatever it is about them. Yeah. We talked about this in Death by Fame where the oh, guy yeah. like, she was on a red carpet and then he had to yes. show up and ruin yes. her night. Like this yep. is what they do. Yep. So apparently though, like it was always chaos in the house. And so they tried to, what they say, institutionalize him. Yeah. And they say, but he was so quote bad that even the institutions where they sent him would throw him out. Now, can I ask just a very very real question before yeah. we get to the rest of this garbage. Like, what do we do? Yeah. Like, sometimes people are just bad. Mm-hmm. And when they're that young, like, sometimes people are just bad and evil. So, like, what do we do with them? I mean, them? you know, to get personal, I never talk about my brother on this podcast, mm-hmm. but this was my brother. And yeah. he, my mom found a place to send him and it helped. Yeah. It really helped. Huh. So, like, this, as far, and, like, we were poor. My mom, like, couldn't afford to pay for it. Yeah. She, we she found a place that you know was paid for by the state and he went there and I mean I don't know if it fully rehabilitated him but it like they didn't throw him out they helped him yeah you know yeah yeah I'm happy to tell the story about my brother mostly because I want people who don't have money who need this kind of help to know that it's out there we had no money and my mom was able to find a place to to send him where he could get help yeah so like if if this is your story listener like just know you don't have to keep this violent scary person in your there there is places where it is paid for by the state wow yeah, it's an important thing to know. And but this this Nick was so he needed so much help that they even the places that are, are meant to help them couldn't help him. Right. So Nick is 10 years old and they're on a family trip to Disney World. He says Nicholas attacked his mother again. He started hitting her. When I tell you I snapped like that, I couldn't take them on. I beat the hell out of him. I put him in the hospital. What? That's yeah. I lost it. I'm ashamed of it. I always will be. She had to pull me off him. He's a child, though, I know. and you're an adult, I and know. that's child abuse. I snapped. The stepdad beat this kid. So he was ten years Andrew old. Andrew Canning's about to quit. And I mean, Andrew Canning can't believe she, it. And she really I know. like fuck the producers. Like she's saying what we're all thinking because she goes, "What?" Now, David, who obviously broke the law and did a horrible bad thing. It knows it. He says, I feel ashamed for it yes. then. I feel ashamed for it now. He just didn't. He snapped. He snapped. I mean, like, and that is not acceptable. You are not allowed to do that. Because Andrea Canning says, right, but he's a child and you're an adult and what you did is child abuse. I mean, he was 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is, so the dad, David, the dad was charged and arrested in Florida, right? Yeah. But the charges were dropped once the cops learned about Nicholas and like what he was doing and I'm like what are the witnesses at Disney World say like but what I'm was he like, doing you, like, like we don't we, we don't say like you can't just drop the charges for child abuse because the kid was a bad kid like right. they're two separate issues I, I didn't there's like there's more that. to this story I don't like it either but there's yeah. more to like was he a danger to other people in Disney World I'm not saying uh-huh. that means you beat your kid I'm just asking right. what did the cops learn for them to be like wait a second there's I know. more here I don't understand but I do feel like they're like Jillian bigger fish <laughs> we got much bigger, bigger fish yeah. this is like a four hour episode so david the dad can't deal so as andrea says he walks out of the family yeah and that's how nicholas ends up in foster care at 12 right and then we're back at the state house with brian coogan who was like the state rep for a while who briefly we learned considered adopting him because when nick was 14 he calls brian coogan from the state house saying he's sobbing on the phone saying if i'm not i'm gonna be shipped off to another group home today if i'm not adopted today so Brian Coogan goes to a judge and he's like, judge, I will adopt this kid right Right now. now. The judge said, do you know what's going on with this kid? I said, judge, he's being abused. He's, you know, he's got marks on him, scratches, bruises. The judge says he had his whole file. He says, I can't show you this file, but trust me, everything he's telling you that's being done to him, he's actually doing to the other kids. 
But what he is saying is being done to him, he's actually doing to other people. Right. And the people at the group home or at the foster home, wherever he was, were just like, please, please don't adopt him. But I'm like, yeah. well, what are you doing to protect the other kids? Uh, well, because, and there's, well, just to be clear, what he is saying is being done to him is rape. Right. So like, and violent assault yeah. and just being abused all day, every day. So like, also, what are you doing to protect the other children there? I know. Because they're kids. So it, what are you doing to help them? God, it's also awful. Like, I, the brief glimpse into the foster care system that I had was so positive. Yeah. You know, so many people just wanting to work hard for these kids and do the right thing. And I mean, anybody who is working in the foster care system, my hat is off to you. It is so, so hard and and demoralizing, you know what I mean? Because like, you know, these kids, like so many of these kids just don't have a chance. Yeah. Anyway, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. So Tom, our reporter friend, is like, look, Nicholas is a nightmare. Uh, A lot of people tried to help him. He either turns on them or lies to them or the truth eventually comes out. Yeah. But now we're like, flash forward to he's 19 years old and he's in college. Right. So we meet Mary Grabinski. Mary. Fucking hero, Mary. She is a hero. And Mary and Nick met on MySpace and he, because he was reaching out looking for friends and she told him straight up, I've got a boyfriend. I'm not interested in anything romantic. He's like, that's not a problem. I'm just looking to meet people. And so they agreed she agrees to meet him for lunch. And the, she brings a friend for backup. And she brings a friend. But she says at the lunch, I was like really wowed by this guy. He's really charming. He was really sweet. We had a really good time. Yeah, they usually are. Yeah, huh? So he walks Mary to class. Like that day after that lunch. Yeah. And her class is in a basement. Yeah. And so this is when Nicholas shows his true colors and becomes a monster. Now, this is the middle of the afternoon. That's why Mary just had lunch. They just had lunch. This is why Mary feels safe agreeing to let him walk her to class. So he pins her up against the wall. As soon as they're like in the basement out of sight of other people. The minute he can do it. Yeah. He was doing he was thinking about it the entire lunch. Oh my God. And he starts both hands going up my shirt. And what are you saying to him? I'm saying, hey, um, can you please get off me? I need to go to my school. Go to my class. I had a test that day. So I was really leveraging my test. Did he stop? No. Um, he had his hands up my shirt. I just couldn't push him off me. I couldn't push him off me. Yep. And Mary thought he was going to kill her. This is a violent sexual assault where he's got his hands up her shirt, then he's pulling her pants off. At one point, another student walks by this, doesn't offer to help. Ugh. Mary says she was too scared Shocked. to scream yeah, for help. She, she's terrified. She thinks that this guy's going to kill her. He doesn't penetrate her, but he violently sexually assaults her. Yeah. And it's fucking... And, and then... He masturbates, yeah. and then she goes to class. She said that he, like, finished and then let her go. Yeah. So she take she had a test to take after yeah. that, and she goes. And she's sort of, when something like that happens to you, you just sort of start floating. I and can't then you imagine. just do the next thing you're supposed to do. So, yeah. like, she went to class and took the test, and she's just, like, in a, like, shell-shocked. When Mary leaves the classroom after the test, he's standing out there waiting for her and apologizing to her profusely. And begging her not to turn him in. Now, let me tell you... If we're going to get really real on this podcast, I've had this conversation. Really? I've had someone beg me to not say anything. Oh, my God. After assaulting me. And I've also had them be like, ask me to like, wait, remind me what happened. <gasps> so this is a surreal experience for someone to be in. Oh, girl, I am so sorry. Yeah, I mean, people are monsters. But like. Yeah, right. So she's she hasn't even really accepted. Like, she hasn't really dealt with it in any way. She took a test. Yeah. And then she all she wants to now she's back in the same fucking hallway where it happened. Yep. And like she's surrounded by people, but she's totally alone and by herself. And then here he is accosting her again. But you know what though? The thing that Mary knows more than anything is that fuck this. She's like fuck this she's guy. turning him in as soon as she possibly fucking can. Yeah, and she says here There was something about the way Nicholas attacked her that made her feel like he'd done this before. It almost felt ritualistic. I knew I was not his first, but I wanted to make sure I was the last. I knew I wasn't his first, but I wanted to be his last. She's on a mission, on a mission. to end this guy. And she's moving quickly. She yeah. goes to the campus police. They send her right to the prosecutor's office. Yep. And I'm like, fuck yeah, Mary. Like, this is amazing. No, because everything is the worst. Yeah. Nicholas files his own police report saying that Mary is the aggressor. Like, in what world? You know what I mean? Like, when someone who has wronged you yeah. in any way and then calls you the aggressor. It's such gaslighting bullshit. Yes. Like, And when they do it publicly like that in a report, like my therapist calls it crazy making. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, Mary's just like, wait, 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 wait a second. Well, and what it backfires on him because unbeknownst to Nicholas, the prosecutor like, you know, says like, there's, there's not enough evidence. You're like garbage, garbage, garbage. Of course. But... Nicholas filing this complaint saying that Mary was the aggressor. The prosecutor takes one look at that and is like, fuck this. Fuck We're this going guy. after this guy. Fuck this guy. Yeah. 
girl, HelloFresh is back. And you literally just said, oh, yay, HelloFresh. Uh, yeah, because you want to know what I'm making today what when I come making? home? What are you making? These amazing barbecue flatbreads. Uh, so they have like, I, I prepped it a little before I left because I know I'm going to be so hungry. I just want to throw yeah. it in the oven when I get home. It's like onions and peppers and barbecue. It's delicious. Fam, you know about HelloFresh. It's America's number one meal kit. They deliver it right to your door. And I always say when you have HelloFresh in the fridge, you never have the argument about what you're having for dinner. You're not fighting the crowds at 4.30 to go to the grocery yeah. store. You're not stressing at the end. No, it's all right there. You're not wasting money. Nope. You're not wasting food. But wait, we're going to double down on that because you save money over ordering out or even going to the grocery store because it all comes pre-measured. Right. So you're not throwing stuff away, but you're not buying more than you need. Yeah, you can never buy just like a little parsley. Right. You're and buying like two fistfuls of parsley right. and there's no way around it at the store. But with HelloFresh, they send you exactly what you need. Excuse me, ma'am. Where can I get my fistful of parsley? They're like, right there, right. idiot. <laughs> the only way to get it is a fistful. <laughs> HelloFresh is like, not on yeah, our watch, babies. On we got watch. this. HelloFresh has over 45 recipes and more than 100 seasonal add-ons to choose from every week, so it's easier than ever to find something everyone will enjoy. Seasonal add-ons, that's my drag name. I know, and do you think I'm not getting the garlic bread every time? I know you are. Give me a break. So fam, you gotta get in on the HelloFresh. We've been saying it for years. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TCO free and use code TCO free for free breakfast for life. I cannot handle that. I know. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash TCO free with code TCO free. Breakfast for life. I can't get over it. And you wonder why they're America's number one meal kit. <laughs> How know. dare you? I don't wonder. I know exactly no, we why. we know exactly. Yeah. Now, 15 days earlier, yep. a woman had come forward that Nicholas sexually assaulted her. Yes. But she didn't take the case any further, which is completely fine. Yeah. And well, in Mary's case, we learned he's charged with public indecency and sexual imposition, which means sexual contact against a person's will. Jesus Christ. And Mary says, he took my will to live. He fucking pleads not guilty. So the case goes to trial. And she says, that's when he victimized me again. Right. Because what the, the defense tactic here is to just smear her character. Of course. Like, they try to make her look like a liar. They try to make her look like she's out for attention. There's this quote that I saw recently about, like, just toxic people and narcissists. And it's, they try to destroy your life with lies because theirs can be destroyed by the truth. Uh-huh. Which uh. is, like, the most fucking powerful thing. Wow. But, like, that is this guy's motto. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because 100%. The, what he puts everybody through but Mary he does this to Mary over and yeah. over again and it made me th- isn't that quote like it's incredible? amazing that's perfect but it's so succinctly explaining what these people do yes right? yes so at the end of the day the judge is like fuck you convicts the son of a bitch right he, on both charges right so here just something to remember for a little bit later just how much this guy loves theatrics yeah don't take the theater away from me Nicholas like please don't you dare he shows up to trial in this three-piece suit carrying a cane and walking with a limp, which is a brand new development because during the trial, he was totally fine. And only at sentencing does he have the drama and the theatrics. But it's like the Harvey Weinstein of it all, the right. Robert Durst the of Ro- it all. Of course. And like in this case, it works. He gets no jail time. Yeah. He gets, he gets a, a fine. fine. He has to attend sex offender rehabilitation program and he has to register as a sex offender for 15 years. I mean, that is, that is a serious punishment. That will fuck your life up forever. Right. But I wonder... Which I'm you, thrilled about. Right. So fuck this guy. Yeah. So Mary thinks it's all over, right? Yes. But of course not. Of because course. this guy, remember even when he was a kid, I'm going to go online and ruin yep. your life. This is what he does. Nicholas claimed he had new evidence that would clear him. A post on MySpace allegedly written by Mary saying she'd made the whole thing up. It is a drunk confession that the event that happened between Nick and I was not only consensual, but I lied about it to the police to hide my undying love for Nick. Like, Mary supposedly confessed everything, and now he tries to sue Mary. Like, oh my God. And it doesn't work, because no. the judge reopens the case for, like, five seconds, reads this bullshit account, and is like, fuck you, like, go back to your sex offender rehabilitation because program. Because what he ends up doing is, like, he starts this, like, targeted online bullying campaign. Yes. He goes on a men's rights website. So, this is wild. Like, I'm not naive enough to not know that these things existed, oh, yeah. but, like, a men's rights website, oh my God. Break. Where he's, like, doxing her and yes. stalking her and I'm like aren't you exhausted get a life and like and by the way in this litigation she's got to hire an attorney to defend herself these litigation attorneys are like hundreds of dollars an hour right so Mary wins this case thank god yeah but he's not done he sues her again right and it's like uh, it's it's just when these people like he can't control Mary like Mary's winning yes right like he can't control her so the whole idea is that he's going to try to now manipulate and control what everyone thinks of her and also and she just keeps winning just like making her life miserable because if you guys if you have to go through litigation again 
again. Again. And this was all because Mary's now husband called Nicholas crazy on a blog. Which is like, if the shoe fits, crazy. Like, my God. Sometimes people are fucking crazy. Sometimes people are crazy. So Nicholas sues her. She wins again. Right. And again, yes. It's like, Nick, this isn't working. I know. It's Mary's like, you're not going to win because Mary is the truth. And then she's like, is here to sit down on Dateline to tell the story. Like, like it's, she's, she's a fucking winning hero. again. Yeah. But there are at least five women. There are five or six women who alleged that he had assaulted them or threatened them or kept them sort of kidnapped. The incidents occurred between March of 2010 and May of 2011. One of them involves someone close to Nicholas, his new wife. One of those women was his wife. I mean, like holding women against their wills. That's one of the things he's charged and with. And then being incredibly violent. Yes. Yeah, and we learn about like the, the call that his wife made. The police arrive. They see bruises on her face. They arrest him. The, this son of a bitch throws himself down under the table. He will not be... T- he Kicking have, they, and screaming. They have to literally pick him up and carry him out to the police And use cruiser. pepper spray. Can you imagine? Andrea Canning. He sounds unhinged. <laughs> Absolutely, Andrea. Meet you at the bar after this. We all need a cold one. This is insane. Can you imagine like can you imagine the cop that has to say to him if are you gonna make me pick you up and put you over my shoulder what a petulant child i know know. not getting his way so the couple eventually gets divorced thank god yes but the thing is like there aren't a lot of charges against him because these women are scared of him right and i don't blame them like especially when he's like i'm just gonna go online and make your life a living hell like who wants to go up against someone who can't let anything go exactly and like just relentlessly bullies you and lies about you like no one wants to be on the other side of that he's probably been bragging about what he did to mary to everybody who will listen so people stay quiet yeah so then oh my god nicholas leaves rhode island moves to dayton ohio where quote right out of his playbook he immediately starts to dazzle the local lawmakers he oh opens he begins a nonprofit to revitalize downtown dayton like what yeah and he's, he's big into the church too right yes so he meets Catherine heckendorn at church in 2015 and she's just like oh my god he was a church guy he's 28 like this is perfect and she had been through a traumatic experience so she's vulnerable well and, and she says that he made it clear to her he knows she's been through like a a really bad abusive relationship and she should feel safe with him he's gonna take care of her so they're dating like a few months and he proposes and she's like no (laughs) I'm not ready (laughs) something in her gut is like I just mm, no it's like you could say how safe you are but if I don't feel safe with you then that doesn't mean you're safe exactly fucking idiot so he persists and she says yes eventually she says yes she just gives in she's like I always wanted to be a wife and mother and it just sort of like th- that desire took over my desire to not want to be married to this piece of shit. Right? And like the minute he gets a yes out of her, they get married the next day at City Hall. Which is just like, and, and then she's like really disappointed because she wanted like a big fancy wedding with a nice ring and she he gets her like a $25 cubic zirconia ring or whatever. Right. Turned out the cheap ring was the least of her problems. Catherine says the day after they were married, Nick showed a dark side she'd never seen before. I don't remember what the argument was about. But it was the very next day where he lays his hands on me for the first time. Hits you? Yeah. Yes. The day after they get married, the abuse starts. So, like hitting her, tackling her, restraining her. Right. And during one of the attacks, quote, one of the attacks, she's finally able to get the cops on the phone. Yeah. And he, the cops take him in for domestic violence. And then they tell Catherine about Nicholas. Wait a second. She didn't know that he was a registered sex offender. Which is why I'm like, I know. Did he not? Because you can only live in a certain area. You can't probably work with the church with the kids, maybe. I I don't know. I feel like if you don't register, you get in big fucking trouble. Well, I think that's. That's what was happening. Yeah, you can't, like, it's not like a, if you feel like registering, then come on down to the no, office. No, 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 I know you have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But who's, like, really knocking Making on your sure. door being like, did you? Yeah. So they tell Catherine about Nicholas. He's a sex offender. He's an abuser. He's dangerous. They're like, run, girl. Like, run for your life, literally. One of the cops says, I do daily rounds on this house now because of you. I'm afraid the next time I drive by, you'll be chained up in the basement or dead. Oh, my God. Chained. And, like, it's kind of not far from the truth of what no. actually fucking happens to her. I know. So, and then he's, he's like, lying to her and in total he stole like $55,000 from her Yes, because he lied about everything like he didn't just he didn't go to Harvard he just wore the sweatshirt like, he's one like, of those she doesn't just like have a trust fund this is money that her parents have been saving for her since she was a baby yeah 
And we learn more about, like, the actual abuse that she was enduring during this. Like, she just lived in fear. He'd lock her in the bathroom. He kept her prisoner. Once he kept her in the bathroom for two straight days. Like, she, I mean, he was sexually assaulting her. Like, she says, I didn't know it was possible to be so alone. I mean, Catherine, oh my God. Like, when she said, I didn't know it was possible to be so alone. She says, I didn't know how I could continue to survive. I know. But she survives, right? Yeah. And what she does is she starts recording him. And it is Uh, fucking terrifying because you hear him screaming at her. But he really, he's like a petulant child. Yes. He's just screaming. He might as well be like stomping and like holding his Uh breath. He's like such a, and I'm not trying to to discount the abuse at all. But when you hear it, he's just like a brat. Yeah. And and like, she just can't take it anymore. And like, this is so crazy. Like the, the kind of control he was trying to exert over her. One day he's like out at work. She gets in her car. She's like, that's it. I'm out of here today. She gets in her car and goes, he's tracking her on like his own personal GPS device. Yeah. So he sees that she's leaving the house. Like unsanctioned without right. permission or Somehow whatever. got out of the bathroom. Oh, And God. she, I know, she's driving down the road. He catches up to her. There's like a car chase. There's a car chase. I had run through a, a red light and kind of like head on kind of T-bone another car. He's there. He sees this happen. Yeah. So as soon as he sees that I get in a car crash, he leaves. Uh, he doesn't want to be around when the police show up. Doesn't want to be there when the cops show up. So this is when he takes off. And now luckily no one was hurt. Yeah. And Catherine, she had two dogs and she left her dogs just to get out of there and figure it out later. And thank God she didn't have the dogs because maybe the dogs would have been hurt too. Oh my she God. She eventually gets the dogs back. But Nick is being a total nightmare and he's like refusing to give Catherine a divorce. Refusing. Right. And I'm like, wait, but if there's documentation of the abuse. But like, this is what I do not understand. Like my sister just went through a divorce in Massachusetts. Yeah. Do you know a judge does not have to grant it? Excuse a judge me? can say no. A judge... You have to like prove to the. I, I, not. Where are we? I know. What year are we? I in? know. According is this to Twilight Zone, is Rod Sterling going to come out and be like in a world? Like, can you imagine if the judge is like, mm, I feel like you guys should give it one more try? No, 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 no. It's like on Mad Men when when Joan's doctor tells her that if she gets slutty, he will take her off the birth control. Oh my god! Like, do you remember? Don't that? you fucking tell Joan what to do. Do I remember I it? Am I in the middle of yet another Mad Men rewatch? Of course I, I am. Know. Yeah. No. Like, don't. As you smoke in the cigarette. Right. Yeah. 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 Fuck that. I know. But she got it. Yeah. What my point here is just that. Like, if she wants a divorce, it should just be done in a minute. Uh-huh. It shouldn't cost $1,000, and you shouldn't have to prove anything. If you want out of a marriage, it should just be out of it. And the reason he's refusing— Should I run for president? Yes. Okay. The fact that he's <laughs> refusing, too, should yeah. be a major red flag. 100%. Like, I, I just— the, I'm really mad about that. I know. I know. The fact that a judge could just be like— mm. I know. You're never moving to Massachusetts now. But is it other states? I'm sure it is. Jesus Christ. I know. Why do they hate us so I, much? I don't know. I don't just know. Just let us be free and I safe. Mean, do you know what I mean? It's not just like the women they can say no to. Like, they can also say no to the men. No, but I like, know. But it happened to your sister. I know. I'm on your sister's side. And I'm I know. on Catherine's side. I'm like, like that. in fairness to my sister's ex-husband, I think he was just as happy to get out of the marriage. Well, look— <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's great. If two people decide they want to get a divorce, they yes. have more power to them. They should both have a party, and if they feel happy, they but move on. If one person decides they want a divorce, they should just get the divorce. I feel like that is insane. It, you should all. It should be one click on a website, and I am now divorced from you. Yeah. Dot com. Dot com. I am now divorced from you. Dot com. So finally, like she tracks him down. There's a court order. He has yeah. to give her the dogs back. He has to let her get into the house and get her stuff. And With him to, not being there, right? And he has to grant her the divorce. Now, when Catherine goes into the house. He's not there. Yeah. I open the door and there's a gun sitting on the sofa. A gun? Just... Yeah. As if Nick put it there to say, I may not physically be here, but I will still make you miserable. There's a gun on the couch. It's like a little message of, I mean, of violence to come for Catherine if she doesn't. If what? she? The judge said you have to divorce her, guy. So Can I ask you a question? Sure. Why are people so obsessed with people? When, I don't know. When you want somebody. Get a life. When you want to be out of somebody's life, why can't they just let you go? I don't understand. Do you know what I mean? Or if you're going to like be screaming. Like, Nicholas was probably screaming about how much he hated her or whatever. Then fucking go. Then go. Go live your life, I know. Girl. I don't know what to tell you. People are miserable. So there's like more and more coming out about Nicholas. Lots of fraud. He's opening 10 credit cards using other people's names. Like this well, guy is just a nightmare. This I like I took personal offense to because like the FBI is now trying to track him down for credit card fraud because yeah. the one family in Ohio that took him in when he aged out of the foster care system yeah. when he was 19 years old, this family takes him in and like they then he fleeces them. He opens 10 credit cards in this yeah. family's name. Ugh. Like can you imagine what a nightmare it would be to have to deal with 10 credit cards that were open in your, like that, what 
what a nightmare. I know. And these people are just trying to help him. Yeah. When I got my identity stolen, it was actually pretty easy because I was like, I'm like a single 20-something-year-old girl. I was not going to Baby Gap yeah. and the children's place. But, like, that fucks your credit. Like, 10 credit yeah. cards that, like, are not getting paid. Yeah. Oh, but I wonder if it's so obvious. Yeah, like can they just be like, um, can you watch that Andrea Canning episode of Dateline? That was. <laughs> can you just like scrap it? <laughs> so then we meet this hero cop, Connor O'Donnell. This man is spending his day just doing a routine check on all state registered sex offenders, just to see what they're up to, just to see what they're up to, to see if any of them are like in violation of their parole agreements. And Nicholas is, because... but also when you're in when you're a sex offender and you're in violation, shouldn't someone get a little bloop? I know. Why does Connor have to go searching for it? I don't know. What's the point of the register? Let the Connor do the work. I, I, I mean, I agree. But then why have a registry? No, I, I know. Because Nicholas has an outstanding warrant for domestic violence. Right. So And Connor flags it. Maybe this is the... I'm not saying the system is good, but this is the system we have. Nick had a, uh, a warrant for his arrest, a technical violation on a domestic violence charge. He went to his, res- his last known residence to ensure that he lived at that address. And we were going to arrest him on his outstanding warrant. Was he there? No. And he goes to knock on his door and Nicholas is not there. So here's the thing. Yeah. When you're on the sex offender list, you have to notify the state if you move. Right. Now, Nicholas didn't do that. Didn't do it. So now there's a new warrant out for his arrest. These warrants are piling up. I can't even keep track of them. Connor then gets Nicholas put on the Rhode Island's 10 most wanted list. Oh, my God. And he immediately gets a phone call. Guess from who? From Nicholas himself. From Nicholas himself. Because, you know, Nicholas is like monitoring the internet. Right. And he he lives online. Lives online. So he's now lecturing the detective on the phone. (laughs) I know. But you know what? He's actually right. Because he's saying to the detective, like, you don't understand. I moved out of the country. So I actually, according to the laws of Rhode Island, I don't have to tell you as a sex offender if I'm moving out of the country. He's actually technically correct. But the thing is, he moved from Rhode Island to Ohio. So even during that move, he had to... Say so. He had to say that he moved and he didn't. I guess I'll just go fuck myself then? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, <great>. Inside. <laughs> right. Not outside. You don't no. want to be on a sex Oh my list. God. No, 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 no. Please. So in 2018, he moved to Ireland. Yes. And from there, he went to Scotland. Now, there are like a lot of agencies and law enforcement looking for this piece of shit. We have yeah. fraud charges. We have rape charges. And someone finally, the Mariska Hargitay of it all, starts testing the sexual assault kit backlog yeah. 11 years later. Later. So oh this God. guy's name is David Levitt. He's the Utah County attorney, which I like he's it's an elected position. Mm-hmm. And he seems like a really fucking good guy. He says we had sexual assault kits that had been sitting on police shelves for years. It infuriated him that women had filed complaints, subjected themselves to rape exams, but police never followed up. When he took office in 2018, Levitt vowed to change that. If you elect me, I'm going to do something about this, and he does. And he does. So they're finding more and more cases, domestic violence charges. And just to be clear, one of the sexual assault kits that he tested came back positive for this Nicholas guy. Right. So now In Utah, which we've never been— This is our first time in Utah, so this this is the scope of this guy. Right. So the woman who was raped by him, we get a little bit of information about her. She met Nick Rossi on MySpace. They met two weeks later. They began— a sexual relationship that lasted, they say, for like a brief period of time, during which we learned he's taking money from her with a promise to pay it back. It's like the same the playbook same thing. every yeah, single time. So finally, like, she ends the sexual relationship. She goes over to his apartment to get the money back. He closes the door and rapes her. Oh my God. And then, like, vanishes into the night. Right. So David Levitt charges Nicholas Rossi with rape, and now the investigators have to go find him. Right. But remember, in Rhode Island, he told everyone he was dying. Yes. He has this, he's fake coughing, he has this raspy voice. Right. Remember yeah. the guy he's Listen to the music from Contact. Right. And the thing about it, we were talking about this earlier. When he announces that he's dying, he put out that press release. And we're back with reporter Tom. Yeah. Reporter Tom does not want to cover the story of Nicholas dying. No. And Nicholas calls up Tom and is like, girl... This is an important news story. <laughs> He's I'm like, dying. I am a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a warrior for the foster care system. Sure. Why don't you want to cover I'm this an story? Icon. I'm, I'm a living a, legend I'm, for like five more days. Totally. I'm dying. I'm a dying legend. I'm a dying legend. And so Tom is like, all right, look, maybe I'll run a story. I'll come with you to a chemo treatment. We can see how that goes. And then all of a sudden, Nick ghosts him. Ghosts him because there is no chemo treatment because he isn't fucking dying. No, because he's not dying. No, he's not dying. And so then we get the story that Nick is quote tying up loose ends before yeah. he dies. So remember Brian Coogan? The, he was going to adopt him. And the judge 
just like, girl, no, 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 yeah. He like finds out the truth about this guy. Yes. So when the when Nicholas the bad guy calls him to like tie up his loose ends, but like Brian knows it's a lie. Yeah. And he's like, rap, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying, and this is probably the last time I'm talking. I just want to call and tell you I love you, but I was getting mad and I got frustrated. And the very last time I talked to him, I said, listen, you cockroach. I said, cockroaches don't die. I said, you are not dying. You're a con artist. You're, oh uh, you're a predator. Listen, you cockroach. You're a cockroach, <laughs> and cockroaches don't die. And I'm like, that's how you do it in Rhode Island, baby. It is so... I mean, listen, you cockroach. Listen, I, so I says to him, I says, listen, you cockroach. And he, said, he says, you're a con artist, and you're a predator. I mean, he's absolutely right. Find the lie. Oh, my God. So it's 2020. The news breaks that Nicholas is dead at 32. Yeah. Boo-hoo. <laughs> If only. If only. But the people who have been investigating him forever aren't yeah. buying it because people know the truth. All of this shit has been happening behind the scenes. Yeah. And Nicholas doesn't know it. Because right? I, you know, Nicholas doesn't know. What I was going to say was that investigator Connor, who was the one who was like just scrolling the sex offender list to make yeah. sure that everyone was doing the thing. I said... When Connor learns that Nicholas is dead at 32, he calls both bullshit and Interpol. Yes. <laughs> nice. I got a nice. You got it. I got a nice. You nailed it. Oh, he called both bullshit and Interpol. <laughs> Proof that you could do two things at once. Totally. But like these, all these lies are just not sustainable. Oh my God. There's, it was worth it just, just for the nice. Yeah. I wrote I wrote it out longhand you and everything. Did. I did. Cute. I got a nice. You did. I got a nice, Aaron. I did it. Extra, a plus, 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 plus. Thank it was great. So, um, so remember that memorial service? His wife wanted all the guests in the orchestra. Yeah. And then the cops called the priest to call it off. <laughs> yeah. But we learn now that the priest can't tell the wife why. Right. To keep it all under wraps. And He's the priest is like, oh shit, I had to lie and then go to confession. Like, <laughs> priest joke. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andrea. Because Andrea's like going to set yeah, him up for yeah, the softball. Yeah, yeah. She's like, how'd you feel about lying? And he's like, Andrea, I had to go to confession. I got a confession to make, Andrea. Get it? I had to go to confession. I had to go to confession. But I'm bummed. Andrea's like, father, you were bamboozled. He's like, I was. Andrea Canning. I know. Never in Listen, her life. She took a three-week vacation after this and God bless her. I know. She needed it. I know. I feel like at some point she just started having Chardonnay at lunch. I mean. You know what I mean? Poor thing. I Piping hot. Piping hot Chardonnay. <laughs> now, what's interesting about Louise, the wife, she yeah. had a couple memorials going. She did. Just to see which one would stick. Yep. She was trying to get a lot of different priests to agree to this bullshit. Yeah. Meanwhile, the FBI's calling everyone they can, every priest, every memorial. Did you write down what Brian Coogan said when, when the FBI called him? No, I wrote down cockroach. Oh, yeah, cockroach was good. Okay. He says, the FBI calls me. I was rattled. I was rattled. It was rattled. Oh, what do you fellas want? <laughs> I can explain everything. I can explain everything. But he says that, like, the FBI is explaining to him that this guy's, like, on the run. He's not fucking dead. And Brian's like, I know he's a cockroach. He's a cockroach. I said it right to his face. But then he goes, but you guys are the FBI. Why can't you catch him? And they're like, girl, it's complicated. Well, and it's also because they they tell us here that, like, he's a computer whiz. He made himself untrackable. So, Mm. you know, you can track anybody with the, the internet. What's it called from Protoc- that? The internet protocol. The, the Craigslist killer when they call yeah. it the internet protocol the address. address. The IP address. But he says the agent told him Nicholas, the computer whiz, sent them in circles, never in the location that matched the IP address. He says, let me tell you, this kid is so good. One of the best I've ever seen. But as good as Nicholas was at dodging them, his time on the lamb was running out. Law enforcement finally found a way to track him down. They couldn't actually track him. Right, until they could. Until they could. Because they always make mistakes. Yep. This is not sustainable. And he, like, revealed his address. He couldn't. He didn't hide it well enough. In they September, don't really go into detail. Well, September 2021 is when this happens. And we realized, like, it's because he was using some kind of unsecure server because he's in the fucking hospital in Scotland with, with a what? severe case of COVID. Right. So, yeah, he's in with fucking COVID. So yeah. they arrest him, obviously. They're like, we got him. They're yeah. off to Scotland. Mystical, magical Scotland, yeah. as they said at the top of the yeah. app. But Oh, no. Wouldn't you know it? They get to the hospital room. It's not Nicholas. It's a bow tie wearing (laughs) British businessman named Arthur Knight, everyone. And like, let me, he is a sight. Let me tell you. Let me, okay. We're going to just clear this up right here. Nicholas is going to spend the next 30 minutes of this episode insisting that he's this British guy. He's not. But he's not. He's not Arthur Knight. This is this is the guy from the entire thing. Exactly. Now he's going to have a respirator that he will <laughs> refuses to take off to help disguise his voice a even COVID more. COVID mask. He's got a ridiculous British accent, which is kind of British, and sometimes I, it's Irish, and sometimes it's Indian a little bit, and sometimes it, it's just I know, bad. It's just but bad. he's hiding behind the mask and the respirator yep. to make it sound like well, you can't really understand. Can't him. really understand him. He gets out of jail because they arrested him. He immediately arranges. 
his own fucking press tour. Well, first of all, he's dressed like the penguin from Batman. He's in a wheelchair. He's wearing a hat, sunglasses, the respirator, yep. the blanket over his lap like he's fucking Mr. Burns. Full suit, bow tie, beard. Yep. Like anything he can do to disguise his identity. A hat, a, po- a pocket watch. Don't like, <laughs> what is that thing? Like, what, before you go out, like, take one thing off. <laughs> This guy did not Just read one thing. whatever, nope. Emily Post or whatever the fuck. Yep. So he's also sitting down in front of every camera that'll have him. 100%. Just shut up and stop talking. Like yes. when you are caught in your lies, just stop talking. Well, this is also, so Andrea Canning hops a flight to, to Scotland. To the bottom of this, says I, Andrea. Look, she was sitting in first class where she was having drink after drink after drink. Just saying, like texting Keith. But so she gets there and she meets local investigative reporter Jane McSorley. Oh, Jane. I love Jane. I also love that she's named after our favorite bar in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> One of the oldest bars in town. Totally. No, Jane is great. Great. She does one thing where I'm like, come on, Jane. I know. We'll get to it. For her Audible podcast called I Am Not Nicholas, she got up close and personal with Arthur when he and his wife Miranda invited her over for dinner. She makes a podcast called I Am Not Nicholas all about this guy. But Nick and Arthur, Nick Arthur, yeah. Nick, Nick, can we just call him Nick? We'll just call him Nick. And his wife, Miranda, yes. another wife, invite Jane, the journalist, over for dinner. Now, you have to understand, this is the biggest fucking story in Scotland. It's all yeah. anyone is talking about. And Jane is the one they invite over she for got dinner. Yeah. Now, they just want to figure out this whole mistaken identity thing, right. you know? Because Ar- now he's playing Arthur, right? Yeah, Arthur, yeah. oh, come on in, darling. Right. Like, hello, love. <laughs> Another shrimp on the bobby or whatever. Because that's how bad he is at accents. He's referencing Australian stuff, right? Oh, my God. He's got the contact soundtrack playing in the background. Right. But he also has the top hat and the pocket watch and, like, the monocle. So they're, of course, very nice to Jane. Very warm and welcoming. Jane has her head on a swivel. She's looking for clues the entire time. The entire time. Because the thing that you need to know is that Interpol, when that guy called bullshit Bullshit. and Interpol at the same time. So funny. Speed dial. I got a nice. Little speed dial moment. Yeah. But they sent over, like, He's covered in tattoos. Nicholas is covered in tattoos on his arms. Yes. So there's an easy way to prove that this is Nicholas. And she she wants to see the tattoos and she pulls up mug shots with yeah. those very tattoos in them. And she wants to like see his arm. Yes. And then put it next to the mug shot and like confirm and have an aha moment. So and it kind of happens because he pull he rolls up his sleeve to only his forearm, right? So he's got tattoos on his forearms and on, on his like shoulders and like his arms. I had my glasses on as well. I mean, I was completely in awe of this left forearm that up on the screen was like completely tattooed and now with in front of me had no tattoos and no scarring whatsoever of tattoo removal. She even checked to make sure he hadn't covered them with makeup. It was quite a moment. So I thought this man in front of me was Arthur Knight. There's no makeup. She looks for makeup. And there's no scarring from, like, a tattoo removal process either. Right. So, like, for Jane in this moment, she's kind of like, holy fucking shit, you aren't Nicholas. See, she looked at the guy's wrist for two seconds. Let's... <laughs> so Jane's like, oh, my God, are the cops wrong? Meanwhile, Andrea Canning interviews this clown remotely. Oh, my God, this okay? is wild. He has the respirator. His loving wife Miranda's by his side. <laughs> he can't walk. You can barely understand a word he says. We get a little bit of his backstory here before she goes into the interview. We get a story. We that get is told yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, through what, a respirator with a bad accent. Quote, Arthur started his life as an orphan in Ireland, later moved to London, and quote, through grit and determination, worked its way up the corporate ladder in communications. I'm waiting for Miranda to hit play on like, <laughs> oh, Danny boy. <laughs> like, where did that where did that cinematic music come right, from? Yeah, totally, Playing totally. Danny boy. <laughs> An Irish orphan. What was your mother's name? Sophie. I know. Just, Give me a fucking break. But also, as he's talking, he can barely speak. He's gasping for yeah. air. Oh. I know. Oh. He met his wife, Miranda, at an art museum in Whatever. 2011. Their bullshit, quote, love story. They were friends first. Now they're in love. Blah, blah, blah. So, like, enough. Oh, my so, God. But Miranda says, oh, my God, like, we were in the hospital because he's, you know, dying of COVID or whatever. Yeah. The feds show up. The feds ask her to leave the room yeah. while they confront and arrest this guy. And she's like, I just overheard the words Utah and rape. And I didn't think anything. And I'm like, Miranda. I know. Miranda. I know. We got, we got another fucking genius on our hands with this one. I know. And she just says, like, the police are calling him Nicholas Rossi. They're saying that international law enforcement agencies are trying to bring him back to the United States. He was told he was under arrest for a rape in Utah. That's all. He, he's like saying he knew nothing. And then he just starts like ranting and raving. And at one point, he's like, I can't walk. Look at how I can't walk. Let me try to stand up. Let me try to stand up. Exactly. Exactly. So let's. When Arthur fell back into his chair, it was hard not to wonder was it all an act? 
This is what people do to me. They call me a liar. They say this. And then stands up and then falls back into the chair. Miranda's like, oh, my no. darling. Oh, my love. Be careful. And I'm like, I know. Andrea Canning, the eye roll. I know. Because Andrea to us is like, it's hard not to wonder if this was all an act. And I'm like, Andrea, we're almost at the end of this thing. I know. We we're can almost do it, right? But she is, Andrea is getting mad. I've never seen Andrea like red in the face like Between this. Between the guy who admitted to beating his kid at the end of his rope and this, Andrea's like, girl. I know. I know. I know. Meanwhile, in Canada... We meet Nafsika Antipas. I had to like look her up today. I spent some time on her Instagram. She is she awesome? She's pretty great. I like her a yeah, lot. Yeah, she's a TV personality and entrepreneur. Yeah. Another target of Nick's. But she has a vegan cheese company named Nafsika's Garden. Make that make sense. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that one time I went to that bad vegan restaurant. And you ate like the vegan butter, right? I had like the nut cheese and I was like, I don't, oh. I can't do this. And I was with Steve who ate both of our meals, not because they were delicious, but because he's cheap and refused to leave there <laughs> with the amount that we paid having that. He like ate it with a frown. Shots fired. And I drank a full bottle of wine. Jesus Because I was like, I can't, I'm eating nut cheese. And then like had pizza after, please God. 100%. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Just like Sarma did. No, I know she didn't eat the Domino's. <laughs> Calm down, everyone. <laughs> Now, you're talking to someone who, like, will actively... I like the meatless meats. Yeah. I like vegan... Like, totally. The, like, chick tenders that aren't yeah. really chicken. Like, I love all that Me shit. Me too. But I, the cheese is really, really hard it just, to do. You just can't have cheese if you're a vegan. And it's, cheese is, like, the best. Uh-huh. So if it feels kind of like, oh, you're trying to trick me a little. Yeah. I, you, I, I see right through. <laughs> it's very to hard to do. So I'd like to try Nafsika's because she's very successful at yes. what she does. She has like four seasons of a reality show. Like she's yeah. nailing it. And she's like looking for someone to help her with like publicity. So she like scans her shit to Upwork. She finds this guy. His name at the time was Timothy Arthur Nicholas Knight Brown. <laughs> That's like longer than that Fiona Apple CD title. <laughs> when the pawn. Yeah, totally. Tell us about his resume. What was on it? Harvard graduate, experience with uh, PR, marketing, everything I was looking for, he had it on there. And he was an international lawyer, apparently. Um, I kind of thought he was the whole package. And I spoke to him and I hired him the same day. And he was an international lawyer. Oh, yeah. He's an international something. (laughs) He's an international son He's of a bitch. international something. So this resume, of course, because this is how it was written, is yeah. like everything Nafsiko is looking for. She hires him that day. Yeah. And she's like, weird thing though, Andrea, he had this really weird English accent that would sometimes slip into Irish. Yeah. But then he was an Irish orphan, so I guess it kind of made sense. She's paying him $7,000 a month. And he wasn't doing anything. And he wasn't doing anything. And the thing that's crazy is that like he is good at computers, so yeah. he could have done it if he wanted to. Yeah. He was just scamming her. And like she would be like, hey, girl like did you upload that thing that I need you to do and either he wouldn't respond or he'd like send dog pictures instead and I'm like don't distract me with the dog (laughs) pics Nick don't you dare you leave them out of it she said dog pics everybody she said dog pics oh did I say it too fast sorry dog pics so you know then he's like he's in the hospital then his wife is in the hospital then his dog's in the hospital just any excuse to give her the runaround and not do anything for the seven grand she was paying him Andrea Canning aka the cans the cans says it quickly became obvious that the man she'd hired from Upwork was actually no work. Oh, nice. <laughs> Good job, Cans. I know. These are in cahoots. So 30 grand and four months later and yeah. zero work, she's like, okay, you're fired? Like, absolutely not. But she does the smart thing where she's like, I terminated his access to my website, to my uh, his emails and his wife's emails. You didn't give him any warning. That's it. No warning because I realized that that's at this point um, that there's something off about this guy. I terminated any access he had to anything. She did this with no warning. Which, no ooh, warning. They don't like that. Uh, no. Ooh, no. Narcissists don't like it. They don't like when you cut up no. their supply. And yep. then she did it. She did it. So, of course, because he, this is how he operates, he just starts to threaten her. Pay me 40 grand or I'm going to dox you and make your life hell online. And I'm like, again with this? I mean, but then like she refuses and he fucking does it. He created a fraud alert website. You, he, he, had, he had access to her passport photo and he made it look like a fucking like mugshot. Mug shot. Yeah. And you see the picture and you're like, oh shit, that does kind of look like a mugshot. Yeah, it's a smear campaign. It's yes. fake accounts. It's like, whatever. It's the same old shit. Yeah. But this must be, and he's done this. He's probably doing it to multiple people at once. Yeah. It must be exhausting 
to constantly be lying and making another fake account and then responding to your fake account with your other fake account. I, I can't mean, imagine it. I, I, you must need that spreadsheets on spreadsheets to know who's doing what. I cannot imagine. <laughs> like a, a spreadsheet for all the fake accounts or whatever. Like, like I don't, I know. What a fucking herb. I, what a fucking herb. Losers. I know. Losers all around. So she calls the police and she gets a private eye to track him down in Ireland. He's not there. He's in Scotland. Wait, but she doesn't know that. So she like, she can't figure out why the private eye can't find anything for two years. Yeah. And now we're back to Andrea and the Dateline interview. Yes. Remember, he is in Scotland with the the whole, he's dressed like the penguin. Yeah. And Andrew's interviewing him remotely. And she keeps trying to ask him for just a second. Because yeah. all he's saying is like, I don't look anything like that picture. I'm not this guy. I'm Meanwhile, not this guy. Meanwhile, he looks exactly like the picture. Exactly he just like looks picture. like a more bloated version of the picture. It's exactly like COVID was hard for all of us. Like, give me a break. Pizza and bourbon every single night Please, was what I ate. Just keep moisturizing. I, I, know, I know. It does wonders. I'm not saying, I'm not coming at him for his weight, but he's gained a lot of weight since those pictures. But and, on purpose so right. that he looks different. It's exactly. such an easy thing to do to change the way you look, right? 100%. So she's just like, would you take your mask off for one second just to show us your face? I can. When I get to my bed, yes. But can you just show us now? Well, I'm hypoxic, so I, can I, I'm, I'm telling you, yes, I will, but must I do it now? He never took it off. He's like, I can't do it, Andrea. <laughs> I'm like, what is that <laughs> voice? I won't do it. I can't do it. I just can't. I just, he like, can't answer a single so, question. Why did he agree to sit down from this interview? And the cans is not going to lift. She's not going to tolerate and it. And, you know, I'm not coming for a cans. We love her. Yeah. But, like, this is getting so annoying. Like, are we going to get this guy or not? I'm right. getting impatient. Yep. It's going on and on and on. Now he starts crying. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> the worst fucking fake crying I've ever seen. And you can Andrew's see like, Andrea Canning being like, there's no tears, girl. Like you're right. just shaking I can even your see face. It the face mask you won't take totally. off. <laughs> now Miranda, the wife, defending him up and down. Yeah, she can't wait to crack open that champagne after his name is cleared. And I'm like, big words, Miranda. What can anybody? I mean, I understand that he's trying to not go to prison or whatever. Yeah, Miranda, what's in this? What, do, what what's in it for you? I don't know. What like why, Miranda? You know what I mean? Uh, because I guess he, she was just manipulated. We're gonna learn. I mean, I'll just say it now. She's not an innocent victim here. Remember the wife that was calling the priest and making his life a living fucking hell. They're that was person. Miranda. It's a Louisa Miranda. Those she's same people. in on. She's so, in on it. She's in on. And, and maybe she is abused, and maybe that's something that an abused person would do just to not be abused further. So if that's the case, I don't mean to give her shit, but like Miranda. But if you have Dateline in your face, yeah, give Andrea a little wink. She'll get right. the picture. Yeah, she'll get the hint. She'll get you out of there. But then, meanwhile, since this guy's arrest, three more women have come forward accusing him of sexual assault. Yeah, he's had bullying and smear campaigns against these people, and it's working. They they stayed silent for so long because no one wants to go up against them. But now that more people are coming out like there's strength in numbers right so, and remember David Levitt is the one in Utah so he's the one that like is an initiated the original rape case and wanted him extradited like the other thing that's going on behind the scenes here is that a Scottish court has to determine his identity Who he is right so like we're waiting for the court to determine whether he actually is Nicholas or this Arthur guy or this Arthur guy then they can consider extradition so the reason this he hates the prosecutor so much is one David like it Levitt. does yeah it doesn't take much to get in his crosshairs yeah but David Levitt is the guy who after 11 years started going through the backlog yes. of the sexual assault kits and then got him on a rape in Utah yes so now this Nicholas guy he accused my wife and I of being human traffickers of being cannibals of being murderers Arthur posted this on his website. Breaking news, David Levitt is confirmed to be head of a criminal Utah cult. Cannibals and murdering children. And human traffickers. And the thing is, it's, quote, smart because this David Levitt is up for re-election. And now he has to talk about it and answer for it. A week before the election. Now, I don't know if Nicholas thinks that if he can get this guy not re-elected that his case is going to go away. No, that's it, not how it works. It's not how it works and it's not what happens, but he does ruin the election for this guy. Yeah. He does not get re-elected because, like, if you're not paying attention, you just see a headline that says this guy that's up that you're going to be voting for or against next week is a human trafficker, a cannibal, a murderer, and head of a criminal cult. I understand yeah. that we got to get all these sons of bitches. Yeah. But when something seems so fucking ridiculous, yes. can you take a step back? I know. And maybe think cannibalism and human trafficking and head of a cult and murdering and a cult like and we haven't heard anything about it like shit I know this is Utah but yeah. come on sorry Utah I love you um, but you know what I mean when so wait, seems- wait 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 hang on a second we gotta give a real shout out to the Salt Lake City TCO group of course they go out for brunch all the time and they send me pictures and I'm gonna call in oh great let's do it TCO Utah group we fucking love you I know. so much I just had to make come I know on. but I'm just saying if we like we especially because they go out of their way to let me no, know no, when no, they're, they're getting the together they're the hi they're we best. love you you guys this 
guy says he David Levitt has he says there's no way to defend yourself in this like smear campaign culture and he's ab- it's absolutely true. Yep. So whatever. So he and then this guy this guy is just relentless. Get a life. But he's also like att- physically attacking doctors and nurses in the hospital who are trying I to know. help him with COVID. And they're saying that like he goes in like pretending he's all frail and what but then he hops off the bed to like punch a nurse in the Which face. Which is like what he's been doing since he was a kid. Exactly. So now remember again before we even talk about extradition to the United States the judge has to rule on his identity. Yes. And we're at the hearing there's been a decision. It's taken forever. Yep. Now apparently also all the tattoos are back on this guy's arms. So the only thing thing is, Jane, the reporter who was invited to dinner, the only place she saw was his forearm. She said at the time that there was no scarring to show like a removal process. They get the rest of his fucking clothes off. We see all the yeah. other tattoos match. And somebody says that a, a woman came forward and said, while I was living with him in 2015, he got that tattoo on his forearm removed. Yeah, come on, so, Jane. Like, so Jane is here to say like, okay, my mistake, my bad. But can you push it up past the elbow? Exactly. This guy I, I is know. a rapist and an abuser. Like, yeah. can we just try a like, Come on. I agree. But then... But, but that must also be terrifying to be in his home. So oh sorry, Oh, my God. Jane. I know. And she got the scoop. She did. But Nicholas's story is that, oh, oh, those tattoos that match Nicholas's tattoos. Here, Funny. Here's what... Funny. I could total misunderstanding I'm gonna t- again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So glad you asked. Well, he said in, in, in court that the, the, the tattoos were put on him when he was in a coma in the hospital in, in Glasgow. That's right. He told the judge they were inked on his arms while he was unconscious. Those tattoos were put on me against my will. Because everyone's against me. Right. Totally. I'm a victim here. Have you not heard? I'm the one and only I'm victim. victim. I win at victim. I win victim. I win victim, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm the only victim. No one else can be a victim. I'm the only victim. But the I judge win. looks right at him and is like, fuck off, you're Nicholas Rossi. And like, that's the fingerprints it. fucking match. And the fingerprints match, exactly. But then he's like, that's fake too. And I'm right. like, perpetual victim. Oh I God. know. So finally, the judge is like, they're the same person. Right. <laughs> the judge, the judge, and Julian Pantovali. Right. Yeah. So Miranda, then it's like, oh, and Miranda's Louise. The two wives were exactly the same. Yeah. And then the cannibal lawyer. Oh the yeah. Fake, he's not a cannibal. Yeah, at yeah. All. But the lawyer. <laughs> yes. He's not. He was with us in this episode until that very moment. The non-cannibal yeah, 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 lawyer. The cannibal lawyer. The spear. One of the spear campaign guys yeah. bought a castle in Scotland. He bought a castle in Andrew Scotland. Andrew Candy calls it a fuck you castle. I know. And he's like, really? I absolutely never thought of that term before, I know. that's totally what it is. I don't want to fuck you, castle. Uh, he bought it like 50 miles from where this piece of shit was arrested. A castle. A castle. He bought a castle. We're totally burying the lead. A castle he bought in a castle. Scotland. And we see it. It looks nice. It looks nice. They call it a fixer-upper castle. So here's where we end on this piece of shit. Yeah. Because this episode came out like in May, and so uh-huh. we got some updates in October of this year. Yes. So in October of 2023, he was arrested on a 2017 sexual assault case in England. Oh. And the judge gave the okay for this guy to be extradited back to the United States for the Utah assault and whatever else we can get this piece of shit on. Yes, he's fighting it, so he's still currently there. All right, good I luck. Know. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> we know who you are. Oh my God, we did it. What's it called? Dead Man Talking. It's a date lineup. It's a wild date lineup. Ride. Holy God. moly, moly, moly. <laughs> Sam, join us over on the Pates. Over 400 full ad-free bonus apps to download a binge right now. Yep. We are starting the TCO. We're calling it the TCO Salon. Fun. Where we're going to be doing the drag bingo. And we're, I'm arranging a comedy night. We're oh going to do like goodness. a comedy night where there's going to be some people in person, but then it's going to all be filmed, like streamed live Incredible. on the Pates. Incredible. Oh my God. I know. I know. And the cocktail class. I, I'm just taking this and running with it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited Programming too. Programming up the Waz. <laughs> the Waz Ooh. Waz Ooh. What are we doing next? Well, uh, we're back to our regular feed, our regular yeah. scheduled programming. So these are the last of our oh, uh, right. 2023 bonus episodes. But I'm going to go out on a limb yeah. and say we might have some surprises for you in the new year. And that's all I'll that's say. That's all we're going to say right now. You that's know what I mean? That's all we're going to say right now. Okay. Fam, we love you so much. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Okay. Everyone, don't be dicks. Stop lying. <laughs> okay, great. A lot of lies in Good this advice, episode. Good advice, I know, same. I'm tired just listening to them. How do they do it all it's the time? Exhausting. Exhausting. All right, we love you. Bye. Bye, I love you. Who's making sure you register as a sex offender? Is it that on you to do? Uh, luckily, I don't know. Yeah, no, sorry. I'm not asking you. Like, so when you did, no, yeah, no. Yeah. What did she have to do without telling, without airing dirty laundry? Like, like what? Like, dirty what? what? <laughs> dirty <laughs> laundry. Can you fucking believe this? Joshy Manx, like, Lester Holt. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you fucked me on this, Lester. Lester's you like LOLing. <laughs> I bet Lester tells really dirty jokes. Probably. Because he's so put together. He's so yeah, buttoned up. Like the Bob Saget thing yeah, where yeah, he was yeah, like yeah. on Full House, but he was like the raunchiest guy. Totally. His, what do you call these part of your arms? 
The biceps. Is it a bicep? Is this that's how like you call it? The bicep and the tricep. I've never and had a bicep, so I've never no, needed to know what tri- it's called. The, oh my gosh. <laughs> 